Hi guys, it's us again and we're back. It's your girl Ife. And it's Diana. Happy New Year, first of all. Happy New Year. Yes, and today we have a special guest with us. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Ngozi Kadmas here. Lovely. Lovely. Tell us a bit about yourself. What do you do? Um, I'm a psychotherapist and um, social worker, business strategist. Normally just say I'm a mental health and leadership expert. So I work in that space. I work in leadership for black um, black people and mental health for black people as well. That's amazing. I've actually heard of you before, even before really? from a therapist. Yeah, there's a YouTuber that I watched and you sp- I think you sponsored. He always would mention oh, from a therapist okay. in all his videos. And yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's for black and brown people. Yes. And like, yeah. Yes. So what made you start that art? Yeah. Um, good question. So this, the simple and short of it is just when there's a need, the question is who's going to fill the need? So there was a need for um, black and Asian people to have a space where they can first and foremost have a bit of control so they can actually ask for their preference. And also the fact that um, black and Asian people are more likely not to be referred for psychological services and when they were not engaging them. Um, and also just the fact that there's poorer outcomes, unfortunately, for black and Asian people um, when it comes to mental health treatment. So I felt, well, one, therapy can be quite expensive. Um, not everyone can really afford therapy. It's actually inaccessible for a lot of people. So what can I do to kind of create the, um, you know, fill that gap and provide an affordable and accessible space? And that's basically why I created it, really, oh, truly, wow. because there was a need for it. Um, and I was in the know because I worked in the mental health system, not just as a therapist, but as a person who also detains people and, you know, under the mental health act, so section people. So I understand the intricacies of the whole mental health pathway and how sometimes when black people get into it, especially, they can get stuck mm. um, and how I can help people avoid getting into the system. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Because mm. I remember, like, growing up, I had an auntie and she was obviously being Nigerian and stuff. So mm. when she had her baby, she had postnatal. We, we didn't really understand at the time. This was like... 15 years ago now Like we didn't really understand What like Was happening to her So she would literally Sit in the room So when she had a baby Obviously her husband wasn't around We didn't really take into consideration The factors as As to why she could be done And the lack of support that she had So I remember like with she'd, She was staying with us Because she didn't really Have anywhere to go mm. And there was a time where And she I don't know She was just really different Like she would sit in the room And just stare at the wall And like We'd just be like Why is she being so weird Like we didn't really what was that? I was like a teenager So I didn't really get it And I remember everyone Family around was like You need to fix yourself up Like you have a baby now You've got a blessing Just stop it Stop what you're doing What's wrong with you mm. And like no one really understood And like mm. It's really really sad Because she actually ended up Killing herself And like It's just like The lack of understanding Within the black Especially the African community Like our parents and stuff Of mental health Is like I don't think it's really there Per se I think it's starting to get a bit better, but yeah. Yeah, I think um, as Africans, we put a lot of stuff down to like religion. And it's spiritual. Like, oh, there's someone pray- yeah, yeah, or it's like spiritual, pray about it or like seek God kind of thing. But I feel like there's there's like a lack of conversation about what is really going on in the mind, I think. Mm. Um, and... It's just it's never it's never taken seriously. It's kind of like oh you'll be all right kind mm. of situation. Or someone's than cursed a, you back home. Yeah, or like, now you're, yeah, yeah. There's never it's never like this is actually an issue mm. that black that black people face. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important that we have obviously these spaces and mm. and also comfortability. I feel like um, 
having not had that in the past, mm. it is really hard to just actually like voice or, or even understand. Mm. Like, I think um, I went on my sister's show and I basically started talking about how like I would be open to like polygamy, for example. Um, and then we were just talking about like growing up and stuff. And she was just saying how like, I feel like my my ideas now are due to like trauma. But it's just, I never really sat there and thought about being traumatized mm. kind of thing. I just thought, well, like, I'm not really traumatized. I'm fine. Mm. I can talk about it and not cry. So I'm fine mm. kind of thing. And like, never really thought about how it shaped my views on like, like I obviously it will shape, like how you grow up will shape your views on stuff. Yeah. But I never put it down to like being traumatized mm. kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, just, I just understanding your own thoughts mm. and pre- like without thinking about it kind of thing. I think it's important to say that mental illness, mental health, it's not understood generally speaking, mm. right? Because I know, of course, you know, in the black community, we like to say we don't understand, but even the Western <coughs> world uh, don't fully understand. It's important mm. to make that clear. If you put two psychiatrists together um, and they were trying to assess somebody, they were both they could both give two different mental health diagnoses. Mm. Somebody so will have schizophrenia, mm. somebody else might have schizoaffective disorder. So it's not a straightforward thing. It's a thing that people still don't really understand to this day. Mm. Um, and there is a thing called what we call treatment resistance. So there are people who they've, they've had every single medication, every single therapy, and they're still very unwell. So there are people that are like that. So it's just important to put that in context. However, um, coming from an African background... Um, it's weird We understand it more Than we give it credit But the issue about Africa And I can't talk about Africa as a whole I can only talk about Really our region Which is Nigeria And probably part of West Africa Is that the society Does not allow For that space To understand What's going on mm-hmm. Right We live in a very Go 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 society The infrastructure Is not great So when um, That for example Let's say a wife Loses their husband Right There'll be a time of grieving A time of mourning You know when you lose A, a spouse of that Of that you know Or when you're grieving You're not allowed to really Go out and have pride All of that stuff yeah. Right But after that period is done You need to get up and go That's just You have to get up and go But you have to Because there is no welfare state There is, there is no cushion Unless you've got family To support you You've got kids that need food. So that wife has to get up and go, yeah. right? Now, in the West, that can be similar in certain circumstances, but they might be a bit more of a cushion where you might say, okay, I can't go back to work. And then you, you call off sick. And there's, there's a bit of a cushion. Mm. Whereas in, in Nigeria, there isn't a cushion. So over years and years and years, let's say our great-grandparents' times, right? When they went through hard stuff, they also saw it as part of life. They just got on and moved on. Yeah. They passed it on to their kids, which is our parents now. So then now when they move us from one context, which is Africa, to another context, and then we're more aware that actually when we do experience difficult things, we should sit with the feelings, right? It's very difficult for our parents to understand that whatever reason why we're upset, why are you not going to work? <laughs> just get up and go to work. Yeah. Because that's what they had to do. They had to do it. Because they had to do it. They didn't have a choice to do it. So then it there, there becomes a disconnect with the empathy that you might be looking for from your parents. Say, mm-hmm. I'm really just struggling. Because she's like, ah, me, I struggle though. Yeah. And like, ah, you're lucky. Up. You have school. You did yeah. this. You got, you're in the UK. You've got opportunities. Because right. I think sometimes as well, like, even with my parents, they'll be like, what are you upset about? Like, What's there to be upset about? Like, are you not happy? Do you not have a home? Yeah. When I was your age, I came to this country by myself. I was 20. I had no one. I was like, oh, here we go. But do you know what I mean? So like, I feel like they kind of sometimes unintentionally devalue how we feel mm-hmm. just because they don't understand why we should feel that way. Because to them, if they had our opportunity, they'd be okay. But I so. also think it's actually okay. I think what's difficult, when you're in it, it's not. it doesn't feel good to be dismissed. But if you begin to take a 
take a reflection. Like, I I know I couldn't live live and survive in my mom's time, but I wasn't mm-hmm. born in that time. Ain't my fault I wasn't born in that time. <laughs> I was born this time, yeah. right? She was born in that time. Yeah. So we are totally two different generations. And I am glad that my mom had the resilience to go from one country to another and start from scratch. I don't yeah. even, I can't do that. I, could. yeah. I couldn't. But what I'm going through, my content is difficult for me. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's important to recognize. We are, I can't be born in 1960s. I was born in 1991. Yeah. That's my context. And mm-hmm. then the hardship that I've gone through for me is hard for myself. And I think that's what's important because even take that aside I know that I can even imagine for example you guys right if you're sad you might be thinking oh but my other friend lost her mum I can't be complaining just because I don't know I lost my dog like you everyone's always comparing yeah, and contrasting yeah. their different levels of pain and adversity mm-hmm. and trauma right and I always say to people that doesn't help you because that's their context someone you think you want to lose your mum don't be comparing your trauma to another trauma you didn't lose your parent you lost something else but that still hurts you yeah. recognize what hurts you and deal with that rather than comparing and contrasting other people's um, pain because it's not trauma olympics i would say it's not trauma yeah, olympics and i feel like some people because i've had experiences i think i spoke about this on podcast mm. where like i was dating someone and obviously this person's like he's like five years older than me mm. he had his own place um, he was like, I don't have, I've got the support of my family. So my, I live at home with mum and dad. I don't really pay bills. The only ones I pay is like my car and like just my own personal stuff. So I don't have to pay for rent or anything like that. So he was comparing himself to me saying, oh, like you just don't get me. And you just in your own little world, like you don't understand what real life is like because I pay bills. You have your parents to fall back on. I don't have that and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, sometimes it makes me feel like, oh, maybe I don't have any issues. Like why am I? And I do have my own struggles that I go through personally, but just because it's not, the same, same as yours doesn't mean that it doesn't matter mm. or it's any less. Yeah. No, it's not any less. So I think sometimes I, I've, I'm trying to not program myself to be like that, but I thought, oh, like, what am I complaining for? I actually have like a quite easy life compared to others. But mm. like, I think there's a yeah. difference between, I said to a client the other day, you can be, you can be in a space of gratitude and recognize there's always somebody worse off than you yeah. without devaluing what you're going through. Mm-hmm. The reality is, yes, in contrast to other people, you've got it better. But irrespective of that, I'm grateful. But even though I've got it better, there's still things that are not great yeah. um, that hurts me. Because what I don't understand about human beings is like, and I don't know if that person, the person talking about lost the parents, right? But Oh, he didn't. He's got both his parents. But okay. he just, he's old and that, he just feels that, like he has... And that's good for him. And that's the whole point. Yeah. Like, what I don't understand, right? As someone who we all probably talk about generational wealth, right? We get angry. Let's say, for example, couple or people that... We want our children to be like that, to yeah. grow up in wealth. Mm-hmm. We're both trying to work hard for wealth. And then we look at somebody who had the fortunate to be coming from um, Dr. Dulles and has money. Why are we upset and angry? A lot of it comes down from envy. Yes. Because at the end of the day, the whole point is my mum went from... Ask my mum a question. Mum, would you have kept me now? She said, hey, hell no. Because you, would, I don't even know if I'd be alive. You might be a prostitute. I don't know what... After my mum died, I could not leave you with my family. That yeah. would not have worked out. So one thing my mum has never done is made me despise the fact that I'm in this country. I'm grateful because compared to some of my cousins, I mean, I'm happy that I'm here. Yeah. Despite all the adversity that I've gone through, I, I, I don't want to be, be, in that, in the, be in that situation. So um, it's good that you are still at home. And you still got your parents and you don't have to. That is good. I really, people need to understand that trauma, carrying trauma is not something you want to carry. My friend asked me a question. She said, oh, because she's never been in love, right? She said, "Um, do you think I should be in love? I said, babes, look, 
Look, me and my husband, if I only met my husband, that would have been the best thing. The love that I had before is I can't even compare. <laughs> all the, like, people that go through several love, like I don't even know how people go through several relationships and mm. they get the one. Because the baggage that you have to carry, I haven't even got much baggage from romantic relationships. And I'm happy because when you really find a person that just makes you feel like, thinking this is love. What was that love there? Said, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you haven't found love. Don't need to. You're not missing out on anything. Yeah. You want to go, go through breakup? Do you think that eating ice cream <laughs> and hugging that? Do you it, people make it seem like it's cool? Yeah, pain is it's, ice. it's not. So the fact that you you've got two parents and you live at home and then all you got to focus on is just your mate. That is amazing mm. because one you can save up. One you've got less quote unquote emotional turmoil you've got to take in. Um, to another relationship, right? You still got your parents there for your for your grand grandkids. Do you know how much it is to have a child? So let's say your your parents don't know if they're going to become get retired soon, right? When you have a child, your parents can help you look after the kids. This is an amazing thing. But instead, people that have moved out are looking at us like looking at you guys. Well, me, I stayed into my it's like they, mother's they house. They hate me. Like yeah. I didn't ask you to move out. Like mm. going to your, your yeah. mother's house is still there. Like. I said, well, as, you know, also as a woman, I think it's different. I stayed into yeah. my mother's house until I got married. The, the reason why I'm even doing my doctorate, the reason why I'm doing my master's, the reason why I was able to travel, mate, I lived at my mum's house. I couldn't have done half of the things I did if I was paying bills. Mm-hmm. Pay the small bills that I paid, the rest of it. My mum, when I started working, she didn't do what a lot of African parents did, give me half of your, she said, I only want a small portion of it just to pay the, the energy. If not, if my mum did what a lot of our parents, other parents do, take half your money, I would not be where I am. Yeah. And that's one of the, my husband said it, a lot of the reasons that a lot of us do not progress, unfortunately, could be sometimes our parents and our family. Because yes. yeah. they hold us down. Yeah. Ah, you're not making money. Make that 50 And you feel guilty. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, because my mum used to do stuff like, yeah, she comes to the room, hmm, you fair? Hmm. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. God, here we fucking go. Guilt, mate. <laughs> Literally. It's she'll... very real. And it's like, mum, you always say you want me to be independent. You want me to do this. You want me to do that. And obviously, I do pay for, okay, I do pay for, I do contribute to some things, but it's not a lot. Like, when, yeah, it's not good. a lot, but like, yeah, that you're saving, right? You're saving. Yeah, I am saving. You I am start your saving. investment investments. I'm doing my masters right now, and are you paying that yourself or you took a loan? Um, or? So I'm paying for some myself. So I'm working and also obviously student loan. So it's like you're you know, you're reducing. I've only I've still got loan, but I've only got student debt from um, undergrad. undergrad. Mm-hmm. My masters, my doctor, I'm paying myself. Mm-hmm. But I would not have been able to do that if. My husband, if my mother wasn't supportive. People yeah. all ask me how, like, one of the things about success as well, a lot of it's to do with your family situation. Mm-hmm. If you've got a lot of chaos, if you've got a lot of people holding on to you, a lot of responsibilities, it's very difficult to actually progress in life. That's why a lot of people, when you hear their stories, they have to kind of remove themselves. Yeah. I understand. Because even, like, finance, talk about finances and stuff, like, I feel like, for example, my mum, she has siblings in Nigeria who are over the age of 30. Mm. You have your families there and you, like, I don't know, her aunties and stuff And my mum feels the burden Of like Having mm-hmm. to send money I'm like mum Why do you She'll come to complain to me I'm like mum Why do you complain to me Like if my mum If my mum was ever to ask me For something Call like Or my dad Or my brother If I don't have If I do have And I'm trying to Sometimes you have to be like Selective with sense Sorry yeah no, yeah, selfish with sense Selfish with sense. sense So like If I'm gonna benefit myself And it's not really gonna harm me Like that I'm gonna kind of Pick myself first being selfish with sense And I feel like my mum Will literally be there Like saying Oh I've got to send this money I've got to send that money Because she's promised them To help out and stuff And I was like mum They are actually old enough To sort themselves out And if they didn't have you What would they do? Like yeah. And she'll just be there Complaining to me I'm like mum Don't complain to me Because you're bringing it on yourself Like yeah. just say but no part of their, that Yeah but I do I do I do sort of understand it Because I feel like um, As Nigerians who 
move to like the UK, for example, I feel like in Nigeria, they see the UK as like, like this promised land. And it's just like, everyone wants to live here kind of thing. And I think they don't, and it goes back to like context. Like they don't understand that, okay, to you living in the UK is like a dream, but for the people living in the UK, we are also suffering. Like we have our own thing that we're like, the, this government that we live in that are controlling this country, like they're all tapped. So like we, everyone has their own, like struggle when it's relative but I feel like back home in Nigeria it's just like oh they live in UK they're rich that they can afford to send me money but it's just like but I think for them as well I feel like even the government thing compared to our government and then to the government in Nigeria yeah, they'll yeah. be like but how can you say that because yeah. Nigerians are actually suffering yeah, like, no, they're they actually yeah. really suffering well the thing about that so this is what's really interesting is that so in Nigeria and in a lot of countries they are crying out for things that we don't even think of they're crying out for security a kind of a consistent like, for like yeah. uh, good government on good roads. We don't need to concern ourselves mm. for that. So that's what happens. When you look at nations and how they develop, when people are crying out for the basic necessities of life, that's their focus on. They're not mm. able to focus on things like uh, your mental well-being and da 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 But yeah. because we don't need to focus on like consistency, da 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 then we're like, oh crap, what other issues do we have? Then we realize that there's other things. Yeah. So I think, and there's something in the culture, unfortunately, African, uh, I don't know all African countries, but I definitely know Nigerian Garden, very similar it's basically we become our parents' pension when it should be the other way around. Our parents should leave an inheritance for us. And the way I'm trying to work is making sure that my children don't yeah. need me. Yeah. I don't oh want God. my children to need me when I'm in my 40s and 50s, 60s. Yes, I do believe in looking after, but baby, we got money. The whole point is to make yeah. money, work, work for you, right? Yeah. So one thing that I told my mom, and my mom has understood, it said, mom, right? Your family is your responsibility. You did not raise me with them. You took me from you, you took me from one continent to another continent. <laughs> so what do you expect? You didn't you didn't install in me. I said I'm only going to look after one other person. God forbid that you pass away anytime soon, right? Um, because if, that, if, I, if I don't do that, that person will shiver and die. Mm. Um, everybody else, ah, please, I beg, do do do, do your own. Yeah. It's not my responsibility. And I think we we have the privilege to say that. But I do know I've got friends that actually are looking after family. They don't even know back home because it's been kind of instilled, instilled upon them. them. And that's why you see, again, lack of progress. So it's a very hard thin Smart. line. And I, I get why my mom does that because these are siblings she grew from the same belly with. Yeah. Right? So imagine if you have got your own siblings and you do really well and your, your siblings are suffering, you might feel a responsibility because you don't want to hear that, God forbid, your sibling dies and you could have potentially given them £100 a month to support them. Yeah. But it does, like mean, yeah, it does mean it. that your children shouldn't take on that burden though. So you, that definitely, you say, mum, I ain't giving you no money. That's your siblings. That isn't your burden of responsibility. Your burden of responsibility is my next, my my children coming after me. Mm. Not your your aunties and uncles yeah. that you don't even, that you don't know. even know. It's true. Because even like, true. you know, like when we talk about like, for example, like my white friends, their parents have left them mad inheritance, like... My little sister was like, my best friend's got 20k to her name and her, her granddad's house when they die. And even like my oh, brother's girlfriend, Honestly, <laughs> even my brother's girlfriend's got like properties yeah. already in line yeah. for her when her grandparents passed away yeah. and money there. Like, and I feel like maybe it's because of obviously we're still quite like a new generation in the sense that we're still kind of new to the UK in terms of like most of us are what first generation or second. So like you can't really compare. But then at the same time, if we're going to go through the African mentality of thinking to look after everyone around us and not thinking of ourselves, then obviously we won't be able to create that inheritance going forward. Yeah. yeah. So. I feel like, well, do you think that the Nigerian mentality is to think in the now rather than the future? Like, I feel like for your grandparents or great-grandparents to have left a big sum, a big sum or like property yeah. or like 
for their future grandchildren, great grandchildren, etc. It's very, it's a very in the future thought process. Well, to say that our grandparents did do that, the issue is, I think, the issue of it is polygamy. That's what happens. Do you think? Yeah, because my my mum's no, <laughs> my my mum's um, family were okay. They were they were what you call middle class wealthy, mm-hmm. so they things were left. But my so my mum's dad married six wives. My mum's granddad, so my great granddad, married thirty six wives. Thirty six, thirty six wives, yeah. So what do you think happens when you have hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of cousins? Everyone trying to take the same scrap, oh, and then unfortunately okay. there will be, be favoritism. So when my mum's mum died, even though my, I don't know if my mum was the first wife, my grandma was the first of the sixth wife, but she was the core of the family. So when she died, everyone splintered off away and took inheritance. Mm. So my mum was left with inheritance, but obviously went to my mum's brother who squandered the inheritance. So mum's inheritance has gone because my mum's brother. Sorry, uncle, but if you see this, ah, sorry, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a foolish. He squandered the inheritance. Right. So inheritance was left. For, so if you ask some of your parents, you'll find they, they have land, they have things, but it gets squandered. And obviously, if they're a woman, it would most likely go to the man. Mm. If you've got a foolish brother, <laughs> giving it to find wife, and then the, the thing goes. So these are the things that occur. And then you've got half brothers <coughs> and sisters that mm. wouldn't take the land. And you know, Nigeria can be a very unscrupulous land, or if you're not there and you're not watching. Yeah, so that's very true. these are the things that occur and happen. And when our parents come to this country, they start with nothing. So they can't give us anything, anyways. So sad. They start off with nothing. Mm. Um, and so I do think to, to to just to preface that they they do do inheritance. It's just that I think the society doesn't allow it to to stay. Mm. Does not allow the wealth to continue. Right, yeah. you know that's the reason why you have the extremities at like the Otadellas, the Dangotes that actually keep the money lineage going on. Mm-hmm. But what happens instead is that everyone sucks the person dry. So your mum could, um, or your grand, your grandparents can have land, but your your half bloods brothers and sisters, <laughs> you're left with one little scrap, and that's what a lot of it happens. Yeah, kind of in all contexts. But my mum had my mum had inheritance, but where is it now? Now that you say that, I actually think. And always, that's when all the family because, members come together yeah, that you don't I, even know that. And I remember my yeah. my um uncles and aunties and my mum having to like divide stuff. But obviously some, Did they fight? Y- yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna some, say. They always fight. You see all the village come come in, like, others, you know. Yeah. Obviously, my mum's the only one out of her siblings that actually moved to the UK. So there's also that mindset that you don't mm. you don't really need it or you're not really here. You know, so, you know, just give it to me, give me your share kind of vibe. Yeah. So I, I, that's actually very true. That's very true. And But then I also think as well, like, to, like in my head, I think where I'm not in touch with, like, I've never been to Nigeria. Mm. So for me, obviously for my mum, that's a good thing. But for me, I'm thinking, what can I do with your land in Nigeria? Respectfully, do you know, like just, just the way that I am. I'm like, I need something here. I need something substantial here that I can physically do something with or see or, do you know what I mean? So I think it's also a sense of not understanding the value of what is had mm. on, on like their side. Um, so yeah, I think maybe they do think in the future. I just haven't, Reap the benefits of that Yeah I think I think in the future But the present Is the, the people In the present are selfish And the yeah. present is real Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also there's, there's, there's trust issues In Nigeria My husband said something So funny When I was in Nigeria He said The only person you can trust Is the baby in your womb <laughs> <laughs> He said Even when the baby Comes it's, out The baby will be looking at you Like when you die Because that is the reality Not all families Because my husband Has a solid family But like I know, for example, it ain't, it ain't on my side. It ain't on my yeah. side. So the things that my mom has tried to do many business in Nigeria, but why has it failed? Because of family, mm. because you can't trust anybody. And if you're not there looking at what's going on, yeah. 
Why do you think that is though with like families? Because like I feel like there's so many buki aunties and uncles that I have, and then even like my mum's. I love it, buki aunties and uncles. <laughs> and then there's like my mum's. To be fair, my dad's family they're very tight. All his siblings are so tight, and then my mum's. Mm. They're just maybe because I'm a half siblings and stuff, so they're just a bit. I said they're polygamy. No, that's not the only reason. Well, that is part of, definitely part of the reason. Have you? You guys are siblings. Are you close to your siblings? Yeah, I would say I'm close to my siblings. And yeah, do you know why you're not as close to some of your siblings? Then? Um, well, I think my bro- so both my siblings are half. Okay. Um, but obviously I, I grew up and lived with my sister. But I don't know. Well, me and my sister are very different. So mm-hmm. I think that's why we're not close because we probably just clash a bit, a bit a lot. But like with my brother, I think it's more so the fact that like having not grown up with him mm-hmm. and had him like a, as a constant in my life sort of thing. I think that's probably why. And then like as I grow older, I'm just like I should probably go the opposite. But I'm more like distant mm-hmm. as I grow older than mm-hmm. come back to get come together. Mm. Um, so those are factors that contribute sometimes yeah. not living in the same household I've got two half siblings as well yeah, yeah. so sometimes yeah. that's a lot of it not living in the same household sometimes parents prefer or they give preferential treatment to some and that can also create enmity amongst siblings as well um, like you said sometimes different personalities sometimes it's like because again I ain't got siblings but this is just from people that I see all of this being a therapist you know I have an idea of what I feel like I would have in a sibling. When I meet siblings, I realize like, ah, things are very different sometimes. You can go from the same household and your sibling just be so different to you. You feel like, because somebody told me that she's got a sibling and she feels like her sibling just uses their parents. So she's like, I can't stand my brother. I can't stand, I love him, but I can't stand him the way he treats my parents. So these are things that occur. You Mm. you came from the same room, group in the same household, but the way you're treating people around you is very different. And after a while, you're like, I don't care if you're my brother or not. I don't like you. So these are the things. So if you want to do business, and you want to do it in a family but you've got family with different belief systems understanding value base that's when it becomes difficult and that's one of the things they say the issue in the black fat in the black community as well right we're not able to come in alignment it's not like where you see it you see it maybe in other cultures where you know they would they'll put money together kind of thing and then build together and everyone goes their separate way where in a in a in the black community it's like can i even do, do i even trust you mm-hmm. or we start off and then it goes wrong Mm. Next minute you want 80% And he's like Wait a minute But you didn't put 80% yeah. in work <laughs> I did more work And he's like Yeah but we, we agreed 50% But I did more work These are the things that occur um, Within family Within just friends Within just the different communities So that's why you sometimes see And we can't, we constantly ask Why do we lag behind In the many many things It's because A lot of the structural issues That we have yeah. if, if, if men and women Are not You know Coming together and trying to keep, you know, because I don't want to just blame men and not blame women, but when we have a lot of half-sisters, half-brothers, it, there's an issue because that's, that's what causes enmity in families as well. It's like you've got siblings, you know, a friend of mine told me that when her father died, she found out, she knew, but she was the se- second family and then she couldn't mm-hmm. even attend her own dad's funeral because the dad was with her family. The older siblings did not want that family because obviously they were hurt, but that's not their fault. Yeah. They're, they're kids. Yeah. They're red children. But she couldn't even attend her dad's funeral, That's even crazy. though the dad was living with her. So these these are the things that, yeah. you know, never said dad isn't a great guy, but these are the mistakes that people make and not know that after you die, what has to be left with and dealt with. Yeah. Family not liking each other. Yeah. The mistakes of the parents. And that's the thing. I think some parents don't think about the outcome of their actions and no. they're being selfish for themselves. And then yep. it affects your, like, the decisions my dad makes is going to affect me. Yeah. It's going to trickle down to me. It's going to... It could either go left or right. Yeah. So like, it's so important. Like, yeah. I never really thought about it. Like, obviously I had clocks onto it, but like, I never yeah. really thought about like, all these, like her not being able to attend her dad's room. That's mad. That's crazy. That's actually mad. 
You find a lot of things when people pass. That's the when, that's when everything pass, comes to life. All the secrets come out yeah. and all of that stuff. I already said to my mum, when you pass, nobody's going to dare tell me where I'm putting you. Because I asked you, where do you want to bury? Do you want to bury that? You said, no. <laughs> I said, okay, you want to bury it? I said, okay, cool. I said, I'm going to be in charge of your funeral. I'm an only child, but I know for a fact when, when you pass. Because my mum's got older brothers and sister. I don't know who these people are. No, they're going to come out control. of the pot. Tell me. I said, that's yeah, like a, no, no, they're not trying to girl me. you. Like, yeah, I said, not with yeah. me. That's when you're going to see the disrespect. I'm very <laughs> respectful, but that's when you see disrespect. Because yeah. I said, you've never been there with for me. Mm. So this is the one thing I can do for my mum. I'm burying her the way I like to do yeah, that, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, not having siblings, because I was talking to another person with only child, right? So I'm an only child. Do you think only child's children have got this like, I was going to say only child syndrome. What's only child syndrome? What is the only child syndrome? Because obviously, um, so one of my cousins, she, so, um, yeah, so my cousin, one of my cousins, Ayabami, hey, um, she grew up as an only child from her mum, but obviously yeah. she has other siblings with her dad. So with her mum, she was an only child and she used to tell me stuff like she would play with like, She'll be by herself in a room, play with all her toys by herself. And we're just a bit, came to be a bit recluse sometimes. Even like, um, we had a friend in uni who was an only child. And I just thought she was, not that they're weird, but they're just a bit, hmm. I would, okay. So, character, certain character, like, just, everything's about you. Like, a not bit you selfish, yeah, but, but like, yeah. just a bit, just a touch of self-centered. Dr- overdramatic, do you um, remember? Yeah, overdramatic. Yeah. Um, just like, the world, like the world, revolves around them. Like I had a best though, but, friend yeah. in secondary school, and it was just like everything she wants to do, you have to do. Like mm. I want to go this place, so we're going. You know, I, 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 I really like this person. So even though I have my own opinion, I have my own views. Like, mm. but it's just like you have to do it, kind of thing. Mm. And I feel like it's just. Sorry to just, Yeah, obviously. And I think I was, no, having, this is a, good. This is I was good. having a conversation with my friend and she was like, um, I think she was telling me about a guy, but she was like, but he has only child syndrome. And it's like, actually, like, they're just really... <laughs> so like, interesting. I love it. In And I get being in your own bubble, but you just have to be conscious of other people. So that's so interesting that you say, because even so, I know most people don't think I'm an only child because I, though I'm actually genuinely only child, my dad left and he's got siblings, I don't know them. So it's not even like, oh, I, got, I don't know my half-brothers and sisters. Mm. I don't act like an only child because I always had, for some reason, I was always with other kids and I was always the oldest, so I always had to be responsible for other kids. So older, okay. there was a lot of times that I was by myself. And I guess the positive thing is that I, I fought very deeply because I had to. There was no one else, you know, I had to really think. Um, I don't have the typical um, syndromes because of the fact that I was always around other people. Yeah. So even when I hear that, I'm going... The fact this is even a syndrome, like it's been <laughs> diagnosed. <laughs> <any child syndrome. laughs> the only reason why, the, the, the area that I connect the most about sometimes not thinking about other people is when it comes to food. <laughs> like, it's not natural to me. I don't mind sharing, but I'm not the most like, when I eat my food, isn't it? That food is... But if you take it, but my husband, he's always like, you know, I was like, oh yeah, you got siblings, I get it. Because obviously you always have to share with me, yeah, mate. That food is it's just, just for me. So that's kind of where you see my selfishness. But I think because I always had other people around, but yeah, I do think um if you can meet really well-rounded older children and you can meet like, like you said, those type of older children can right? like is mm. the world don't revolve around you. But then I get it does because they they only had themselves. Yeah. They only if you go constantly go home and you have no one to talk to other than your parents, right? And maybe your parents are not talking to your parents in that way, then you are spending a lot of time in your head and spending a lot of time with yourself and spending a lot of time with maybe inanimate objects kind of thing and yeah. having that feedback. Um, and if it's usually university or secondary school, you begin to realize that 
you ain't the only person in this pond, yeah. right? Um, so that's quite interesting. Then you have middle child syndrome. You've got older child oh, syndrome. I've got older that. Child syndrome is, I mean, I'm the middle. And the baby, the youngest child. Yeah, yeah I think there's a syndrome for every. I think the oldest children. Are you go the oldest. From, I've been through it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm being dramatic. But yeah, I feel like I'm the old, I'm the oldest, and I feel like I've always been like a second mother. Yeah. So like, I'm responsible for. I feel like I was responsible for my siblings growing up. When my mom came went to work, and then my brothers would like my half brothers come over, or my cousins. I was cooking for everyone, mm. making sure everyone was everyone was like kind of like the motherly figure. Mm. And I feel like it's too much because I shouldn't have to deal with that. And I feel like there was so much pressure on me as mm. a girl and my brother. Where's that pressure, please? Mm. Like. I went to uni. He didn't want to go to uni. I didn't want to. When I first even went to uni, I wasn't really feeling you didn't going really to uni. Want to go. I want to see. Yeah, I want to take, take a year out. Yeah, I want to take a year out. My mom was like, "No, you've got to go to uni. You've got to go to uni." And she really mm. pushed me. If it wasn't for my mom, I probably wouldn't have gone the year I went. But my brother is like, "I don't want to go to uni. I don't want to owe bills. I don't want to be in debt. I want to like." He's just not like that. None of my brothers went to uni, and it's fine. But me and my sisters, my sisters, the youngest out of all five of us, she went to uni, and I went to uni. But mm. my other brothers, who were like in between. Didn't go And no one has anything To say about it mm. I don't get it mm. I actually don't get it And the thing about The older child so It's good because you got a good relationship With your siblings But a lot of older children Sometimes end up Resenting their siblings Because they feel like They, they then appreciate The role that they took And sometimes The younger siblings Then also feel like You're not my mother You're not my mother yeah, me, my sister, me and my sister, sister Clash a lot Like because yeah. I think She's so spoiled mm. Like my mum and dad Pay her phone bills, do everything for her, pay her uni rent. When I was in uni, I had to get a job and sort myself out. Whereas she's just living you're, you're, in La La Land. The kidney pig child, and she's just there. And my mom was like, I feel so sorry for her. I was like, what do you feel sorry for her for? Like, she's sitting at home right now, chilling on her phone, on her phone. Ha, ha, ha. If that was me, my mom would be like, look at you, your friends are out working. And she'd say nothing to my sister. And it's just yeah. like, and she'd be telling me to talk to her to get a job. I was like, mom, if she really wants a job, she'll go out and get it. Why is it my mom? My responsibility to speak to her yeah. about getting a job. And it just really irritates me. Like, my mum will put the burden on my head, like, push her, push her, please, please, please. Make sure you look after her, blah, 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 blah. It's just really annoying. Yeah. I feel like my my family dynamic is so weird because I feel like I've had only child, middle child. Like, I feel like I've had everything. Like, obviously, gr- growing up, when my mum when my and dad were together, obviously my dad had my brother from a previous relationship and my mum had my sister from a previous relationship. So... When they were together, I was like the middle child. Mm. So, but like, obviously I only lived with my sister. Mm. So then I was also like the youngest child mm. in the actual household. And then like my sister would have to like, I loved milk, like loved it. And so, but my every time I wanted to make my sister used to be, have to be the one to get it for me. Um, so like, I'm the reason why my sister literally vomits at the, at the sight or thought of milk. Because I think she burnt it one time and it smelt weird or something like that or it, or it was off or something so now she can't mm. deal with milk at all and I like she'd have to wake up in the middle of the night and like warm my milk and stuff like that so I feel like that was like younger child because now she she just sees me as spoiled and I am spoiled to be fair I'm not gonna lie I, I, I completely agree um and then obviously now living by my like it's just me my mum and her husband in the house so I'm like the only child that still lives at home so then I'm like the only child because like I, obviously the, Like if my mum cooks It's for, for me I don't really have to Share it with anyone mm. Like any siblings Or like if, And if I want something Like my mum would just Do it for me Like if I need her to do my washing She'll just do it for me Whereas if my sister Was still living at home It'd be like A split sort of situation So like when my sister Comes to the house She's like You're so sport Like can't you just do that yourself And da 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 And I'm like Well no I can't actually So like I feel like I, I'm also like The only child mm. Um 
But you mentioned about like resentment, and I do I do feel like my sister some maybe not anymore. Maybe she's coming out of it, but I feel like she does somewhat resent me. Why should she resent you? Because I feel like she always says that like before I was born, obviously her and my mum went through like their own like struggle sort of thing. And then, like, I came in and I kind of had a somewhat, quote-unquote, easy life. Like, I didn't really have to deal with, like, the struggles that they went through. Um, And, like... But then, obviously, I had to go through my parents, like, divorce and stuff. But because she's already been through that, it wasn't as traumatic for her, like, second time round kind of thing. It was kind of like she's used to being a stepchild kind of situation. So she just feels like... I had it easy. And it's only until I went on her show, she was like, I didn't actually realise that you had Grace's these... table, by the way. Yeah, Grace's yeah. table. Um, she was like, I didn't actually realise that you had these, like, ex- like how you thought about the experience. I didn't really think it affected you kind of thing. Because obviously in her mindset, she's just used to that sort of situation and stuff like that. So I feel like she just thought, oh my, like I just had an easy life and mm. didn't really have to go through any struggle and didn't really have to see things, wasn't exposed to things. So like the relationship between her and my mom is very different. Mm. And I always, like, I do defend my mom. I'm like, not going to lie, you're a bit rude. Like that's your mom sort of thing. But I think the, the, the line has sort of been blurred between like parent and child with my sister because of the things that they went through. So like, so whenever I say stuff like that, she's like, you don't understand, you don't get it kind mm. of thing. But I feel like, She's growing out of it, maybe mm. a little bit, but I think the resentment is very real sometimes. Mm. What do you, when you say resentment? Oh, do you, what do you mean by resentment? Like, like obviously she loves me, but it's just like sometimes I feel like she makes things harder for me on purpose, mm. just to be like you need to go through something, kind of thing. And what do you mean by that? Like, like, she, like, like a situation could happen. And she'll be like, but you, like, for example, when, at my previous job role, I hated it. Mm. Like I hated it so much. And she was like, just stay, just stick through it. Like it, you, you have to, you have to have these hardships. Good resilience. Sort of yeah. yeah. Whereas in my view, right or wrong, I just don't, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to struggle. Like I just, I, I just don't want to. Whereas she's like, you need to go through these things. You need to build resilience. Like it's not going to come easy. Da, 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 da. But I'm just like. No, I don't want to put myself in that situation. I don't want to have to do that. Like, I'll just go somewhere else sort of thing. So I feel like in that situation, her advice is to go through it and go through the hardships because she's kind of like trying to teach me a lesson kind of thing. But I just feel like, sometimes like, like I just don't think that's necessary sometimes. Mm. Like, I always say, and I think when I think about like my children, I've always said I don't, it's, it's a fine line. Like I've had conversations with like my friends and stuff and they'll be like, yeah, I'll make my child pay rent even if I don't need them to, to teach them about money, for example. I get it though, but, but I, I just think, yeah, I don't get it. So I don't know about that. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand why you would want your child to struggle to pay you rent to teach financial. I just you know what? I get what you're saying. Personally, I don't think I'd want my child to ever struggle, have to pay for anything. I would think, even if they're like 25, 30 yeah. living at home, maybe 30 is a stretch. Even if they're like 25 living at home, like I would still, Support them But then I do get the same time Because I think a lot of White parents Make their child pay rent And I think It does build some sort of like Resilience And it makes them more hardworking Whereas When you're When you're always spoon fed Sometimes it can be Hindrance to like Your Mm. development So I do get it And I don't get it At the same time I get it And I get it I don't get it If that makes sense I get it And I was like I get why they. I get the thought behind it Yeah Then also they're struggling Their mental health Yeah That's what I mean Like I think I think there's a fine line Like I've seen white, just 
to be honest, I've just, I've seen like white people have to pay rent, and and it's a bit of a struggle to have to pay the. But they rent. sort it out. They just yeah, but it, yeah. but like that's your child, and you know that they're struggling. And they can't really afford it this month, but still, you're so adamant that they. But then it depends. I feel like it depends on the situation because it could be where the parent actually does need it, mm. sort of thing. And I understand that if that's if you need that, I understand it. But it's the ones where you don't really need it, but it's like a a lesson almost. Mm. Those are the ones I don't really understand. Mm. Ingles, would you raise? How would you raise your child? Like in terms of like, would you make them pay? When they pay, that sounds mad. Would you like make them pay for rent and things like that, or would you be like, hmm, you need to kind of learn some life lessons? Yeah. I'm preparing you for your future. Like, well, by God's grace, if when um, by the time I have children, they get to that age, I will be teaching them before that. They'll be learning that. The thing is, I don't. My kids wouldn't know that I'm I'm rich until they get to a certain age because mm. I'm not a child that's gonna parents gonna be spoiling my kids in like giving them Gucci, all of them different stuff. Maybe my husband he likes all of that stuff. I'm not into all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. My my thing is about you know making sure where I'm gonna spoil my kids is in opportunities like you're gonna learn piano, you know yes. having all of those things you have a two like R, all of just all of those type of skills. So. And if my child wants to go to university, they can, they cannot. It will probably be like, get your own, um, you can get your own place. It's probably paid for, but you got to be responsible for looking for it. Go, go get a job. Because the whole idea is that the, the next generation, once they have it easier, they have greater opportunity. Mm-hmm. So what you're trying to do, I think what parents are trying to do in balance is that they want their child to know what it means to get knocked down and get back up. Mm. If you've never been knocked down, Right, because maybe what your sisters are also trying to say is that really life is hard. So whether you're having it out, you're gonna go through life. Mm. There's miscarriages. There's God forbid people dying. There's no way you can go through life without being scathed. And then some people are able to um, go through it easier because they've had knocks. They know they can. They're resilient. And some just get knocked and they're, like, they're just gone. Mm. They, just, they, they stay on their back for years, and you're thinking, whoa. Then when you look at their life, because they never really went through hard life. Mm. You've never gone through hard life. When the hard life come, you start to get scared thinking, what's going on? Mm. So I think it's the balance between wanting your child to be responsible. Every child is different. So if you have kids, if you think about your siblings, you will know... If I gave my that one of my brothers £100, he probably would give me back nothing. She would double that. You know mm, your sisters. Yeah. So I think it depends on... Um, you can't give a blanket system that I can make my children pay rent. If one of my child just is not thinking, then yeah, he's going <laughs> to he's gonna have to pay. I will get him a property that I've paid for, but he'll be paying rent to it. Not yeah. that I'm probably using that to put an investment, but I want him to know what it means to when you do work it, money, yeah. where everything goes. Where maybe one child doesn't need to do that because they already know, they're thinking through. So I think it depends on the needs of your kids. Some of your kids will be more resourceful. Some of your kids, you might have a kid that's just very like, life is just like this. <laughs> you, know, you look at, look at um, I even mentioned Cuppy and all that. Look at the kids, like when you look at rich kids, the differences. What's that rich guy, the head of um, Louis Vuitton? He, he, all his kids are um, CEOs of all his companies. Mm. Right? Mm. So... What's that word called that they call those? So section um, hereditary nepotism. Nepotism, that's the one. Yeah, that's what. That's yeah, yeah. Nepo- it is nepotism. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all his kids are head of his companies, right? I think he made one of he just appointed one of his daughters CEO of, of one of the things, right? But it's to do with responsibility. You know, the owner of thank you, the owner of Gymshark. You know, Gymshark. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. When he started it, it got to a point in 2016 that he stepped down as CEO and he wanted to do every single job in his business to understand. Then now he's back at CEO. So there was a CEO that took over for about two, three, four years. And he came back as CEO after he felt that he was mature enough now to be at the helm after doing 
all the different positions. Mm. That's amazing. That's a bit like when you kind of when you're raising your child, right? Yeah. You'll begin to see at age five, six, seven, eight, nine, you want them to understand. You say, Oh, I've given you ten pounds for the week, right? Or maybe you give them thirty pounds for the week, maybe a bit more. You would you would want you would want to teach them that save 15 out of the 30. Why have you got to spend all the 30 quid? Mm-hmm. Save 15 out of the 30. But there will always be that one child that will spend the whole 30. <laughs> that do you know what I mean? Spend <laughs> so the whole 30 and you go, okay, you're the child that I probably need to do a little bit more with. Yeah. So it's about also personality types. So I think it's not about punishing your children. I think just, this, our parents and we as parents, we should not look at our kids, look at our siblings when they have a different experiences because that's just life. We're all going to have different experiences. Mm-hmm. Our kids are, are going to be living in a totally different world. So you're, you guys are Gen Z and millennials, so I'm probably like you're similar to your sister's age, right? Yeah. 30, she's 30, yeah. 31, right? So you, to be fair, not that far off, but there's enough of a gap that you guys grew up in a totally different generation to we did. Yeah. I, me and your sister grew up in the same generation where I had to meet you with using the phone box, that little 20p that I had. <laughs> I said, wait there. And I remember waiting for an hour. If I didn't see you, then I would go home. Whereas you guys grew up with that. What's a phone box? I grew up with tapes. I grew up with certain things. Tapes. (laughs) Like, 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 the, the cassettes The cassettes yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And when you want to hear it You, you rewind it <laughs> So you, we grew up In a different generation So I think the issue With some of us Is that we appreciate The nostalgia And we get upset That you guys don't get it But you guys shouldn't get it Because mm. you weren't Born up in that generation mm. But you're going to find If you got you got your younger sister You're thinking Damn even though She's only like Five six years She's in a totally Different she's generation She's in a different to space to me like, And that is just How things yeah. are And it's appreciating Your space and appreciating that. So the question I wanted to ask you then, mm. as it sounds like you like, you like soft life, um, mm. when you do move into your own place, for example, do you think that you can manage that? Do you feel like you've got the resilience? Like, let's say, I don't know, you, you're working now and you haven't got your parents to, 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 to say, oh, mum, like you're living at home. And then, God forbid, you lose your job and you're like, crap, you've been made redundant, right? And you're like, oh my God, I can only pay three months worth of rent. I'm in a 12-month contract. If I cancel, it's going to affect my credit, all of this stuff. How do you feel like you handle that? Um, the, the thing about me is I feel like I'm very solutions driven mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'll be like Oh my god What am I going to do mm-hmm. But I will actually figure it out mm-hmm. Like I feel like I always figure stuff out So so far um, I think before There's a lot to learn Before I move out because I, I I was literally having This conversation with someone The other day And I didn't realise That you pay council tax On a house On a property that you're renting I was like Huh Oh really? Yeah, you pay like I only thought you pay council tax on the properties that you own, but no, you pay council tax when you're renting. Why? So, oh, okay. Well, so, I, well, I suppose for the bins for the collection. For yeah. The, okay. But like obviously the, the owner of the property is putting it on the, the rent person that lives there because obviously they don't live there, innit? So so, so like, when so when you for example if the rent is I don't know nine hundred a month, the council tax is included in that rent. No. No, council okay. tax will be separate. Okay, so it's like two hundred pounds a yeah. month. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. They need to teach us this at school. No, that, this is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but I feel like in a in a like I will just I'll have to figure it out. Which I guess you you have to be like you have to be resourceful. Like, and I feel like um, at that point, I just want to stay in my house. So if it's if it's doing something a different job for the meantime or something like that, like I'm happy to make those concessions. I think, and I think that you have to do those things. I guess. So I feel like I'd actually be quite good at it. But I'm one of those people that. Um, I'm not going to know until I'm thrown into the deep end kind of thing. Like I can sit there and think about it for so long and try and be like strategic about it. But until I'm actually in that situation, that's when I'll be like, that's when I'll thrive kind of situation. Um, it's not because you're resourceful. That's the most yeah. important thing. That's why the whole like idea of 
you know, like, you know, if you yeah, if you wanted to quit your job, that's that's the luxury of just of being a, of a certain age and a certain mindset. Like, oh, I don't like this job, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit. Mm. Now, hopefully, when you have your kids, you may not do that, you know. <laughs> but that's life. Life will show people. The reality is, I the way I am with anyone younger, I don't tell them, look, I say, look, live your life because life will show you. I ain't got to show you nothing. Life will show you and it will show can you really handle it or not. And if you, as long as you're resourceful and you're willing, and I guess this is where the question would be where I respect our parents. Our parents, some of our parents were doctors, nurses that had to come and clean people's shite, right? The question is, can some of us do that? And I know mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do that, but if push came to shove, I would have to do that. Well, I think I could. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah, don't know about that. You okay? Let's say that's what happened. Right? I got, actually wouldn't. You've got doing. kids, and you need to pay rent, and you're like, I need a job, and there's a cleaning job you can start today, and you know that if you work this week, you can pay your rent. You would do it because you got yeah, kids, okay, you got yeah, a feed. Yeah, yeah. There's no one that you can go for money. You ask yourself, everyone says no. You wait, so you've got to pay this rent, and the only job you can do right now is to clean shit. You would do it. You got kids. You got with you, a heavy heart. Yeah. With a heavy yeah, heart, yeah. Andrew. You don't relate. Not that yet. But you'll do it. Some people can't actually. Some people would. They would not, not do it because I work as a social worker. I see parents. I'm trying to be a social worker. I'm doing my masters in social work. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> no. What does everyone? Every time no. I tell, every time I tell people I'm trying to be a social, they're like, no. don't do it. Have you started already? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> Oh no, Ingles, you don't do okay, that. Okay, no, we'll okay. talk later. Okay. We'll, talk, we'll talk after. We'll talk after. Why don't you do project management or business? And I really like because I want to open my own care home one day. You need to do something for that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. No, we'll but talk I just yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else that wants to do social work, don't do it. Okay. If you're young. <laughs> but I can just say, no. Okay. If you want to do social work, if you want to go into that nursing. Right. It's not your only career. It's a starter career. See as that. Have an exit plan. Mm. For what? Right? Like social work? Oh, yeah. So really? see as the start and not the end. Yeah. Okay. Why, go do, why do you say that? You know, okay, it depends on your ambition level. It depends on what you want, right? Okay. The reality of social work is that you to get paid a lot, you have to go into management, mm. right? And it's a great responsibility. So it's up to you. Like You might want to do that, right? I don't it think depends. I want to do that. My, I, have, I have like my channel. I just have an idea of what... We're doing with children and families. Um, so yeah, like I, I, yeah, and I want to work in like the criminal kind of like all that stuff. Like, so I feel like my idea, my my logic for becoming a social worker was become a social worker, work in the field for a bit, kind of build not clientele, but like kind of build you know an understanding of the areas and stuff like that, then like figure out where because I want to. I'm planning on opening my own care home. So like once I do that, and I want to open like a semi independent for like sixteen plus, and then kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what I would say. The, the, the reality of social work, and I, and I guess it all depends on you. I started social work when I was young. You Do you enjoy know. it? Um, I enjoy working with people. I don't enjoy the system that I work. Like they're in. like case load. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Yeah, and I don't. I I I don't like the 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 preferential treatment clients get over the workers. So the mm. idea that, you know, for example, I worked, I worked in mental health. I never got hit by a client. But the idea that if I defended myself against a client, I, I could lose my job. Mm. I don't want to do that. In, but you're but, defending yourself. Yeah. And then even even working with young people, that's kind of the level of disrespect that you might be insulting. Like, brother, you like... I'm <laughs> used to that. Like, I've worked in... So I've worked in I have a background of working in like an SEN school. So I remember when I first worked there, there's this kid that actually made me cry. I'm thinking, how's a 12-year-old boy making me cry? Mm. I went to school to go... 
cry and like yeah, and because it, you can't treat them the way you want to. Because if I actually was to cuss you out and yeah. box you up, like it's wrong. When you're in a good working environment, you can set proper boundaries. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the way they want to do this boundary, no, no, Harry, <laughs> no, don't, don't say that, Harry. I'm like Harry, you mad? Don't, don't. <laughs> and the thing is, when I've spoken to my clients in affirmative ways, they sit down, mm-hmm. they kind of apologize. Yeah, but when you're doing no, 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 they take the absolute. Yeah. Yeah, they do. There's like, for example, there's a young person that I work with, or um, and she has attachment issues. So like, she's now developed. I don't know where she got it from, but she has seizures, but they're not real. Mm. So we all have to like in the beginning when we first worked, we were all panicked. Oh my god, it's okay. But now I'm just like, yo, wake up, like stop doing that. Like, and she actually and she doesn't do it with me as much, but with other members of. Adults, I don't say stuff, but other adults that she works with, because they pander to her and they cuddle yeah. her and all that shit, like she does it a lot to them and it makes them angry. I'm just like, me, I'm just very chill. So like, I don't like, I like soft life in some senses that like, I will let them do what they want within reason. But like, if and they're moving mad, I will say something like, one of the kids was like, shut up. I was like, you shut up. And he was like, don't tell me to shut up. How can you tell me to shut up? I was like, but you told me to, you told me to shut up. And then mm. he tried to like, cuss me out and stuff. And I just, he just ignored, he didn't act. Wait, yeah, he tried to cuss me out And then I was just sitting there I didn't pay him attention And he tried to be cool with me after I was like I'm not going to speak to you If you were just reading me Life does not work like that And then he didn't know what to say And then he bought me a sweet letter To say sorry Thank you You treat them Like you would treat any other person Yes mm-hmm. they've got different needs And you do have to adapt To their needs If yeah. they're autistic If they've got different yeah. You know different things But they know what they're doing They're not but stupid Yes you treat them As yeah. adults with the same equality yeah. And I feel like We infantilise them In a care system You know within um, Health and social care We infantilise people Who've got vulnerabilities I also got vulnerability I'm also a client mm-hmm. I go to a GP mm-hmm. We go to a hospital mm-hmm. Every single one of us Are all service users mm-hmm. But in this role I am a social worker. I do appreciate the power imbalance, but I'm going to treat you the same way I would treat any other person I was walking mm, to. Yeah. So if you disrespect me when I speak to you, I will tell you I'm not speaking to you like this. I don't have to speak I'm, to you if you're listening. Yeah, exactly. So whereas other people work differently, and when you're working in a system that predominantly is that way, and you being this way, yeah, I don't. It doesn't work yeah. like that. And also, the money. The reality is, the money's not great. So mm. that's the biggest issue. Like it depends on how much money you want to make. But if you want to stay at 40k, 45k, and that's not that's that's Okay to live at Let me not say that But when you start Having a family That's just not enough mm-hmm. um, And that is what You will stay on Unless you go up management mm-hmm. And even when you're up management You realise that What you're taking home Is not even worth The responsibility mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say It's like I mean from what I've seen And even like The things that I've heard What you're enduring In comparison to What you're getting paid it's, it's, not it's not making worth it. sense. Mm-hmm. Not, when people have it. the perception that, oh, social workers make so much money. Because I remember when I worked in the school, they'll be like, they get paid shitloads and they fuck all. Like, they say stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like You start off, depending on what borough you're in, and you're living in <clears> Kent. <throat> if you if you work in Kent, you're making less, you'll be making less money than those working in London. Going to London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to go to inner London because Bromley, for example, out of London will make less than they, if you were in I Hackney, want to go to like Lewisham, like South. Yeah, yeah. You might make, but... As a newly qualified social worker, you'd be lucky, depending on how you are. I started at a very high rate as a social I was shocked. But majority of people started at 30k. Mm. Now, I'm not again, that's not diminishing. I'm just saying that then in, it, take, it might take you five years before you make 40k. Mm. You'll that's be smart. You're going to come out. You're going to yeah. come out and do care home. Yeah. But that's the reason why I say I tell people no, because social work is not a career for life. And most mm. social workers are leaving, leaving it in the That's in why. Terms. Did you not see in the news? Mm-hmm. There was like, there's, apparently that. there's like a lack of social workers. They'll even say they'll pay. And I feel like the route to becoming a social worker is not really needed in the sense that some people who have really good people skills and how to work with people would be good social workers. But I feel like this process is just very 
tedious and long. You're the master or you doing um, think my first master, or you're doing masters. Like, you're doing the one that you're getting paid at the same time. No, I wish I did, but I didn't really, yeah, I was kind of quick to do it. And I think my parents were kind of like, do your master, do your master. What did you do before that? So what? What was your first degree? Uh, sociology and media. Okay. And I didn't really understand sociology. I thought, oh, that's social work. Because I didn't really, I was 18 picking my course. I just thought, oh, I'm going to pick that one. Yeah. So I didn't really understand. And then I was like, no, you can't do yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it after yeah. Give you the right advice So yeah. in two years out You're out And then you can start Your care home You don't need to Yeah Yeah. And you're smart You're living at home So you can save money And have a, have a good Yeah I'm working with home. Two other people And we've come To, to do, to, to, to to do it together Because yeah. everyone has Different avenues, avenues, avenues That they can bring So that so we're going to Do it together So yeah I'm on my own What about yourself Are you project management Or Business analyst Business analyst Okay yeah. Yes 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 yeah. Okay <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I do actually enjoy it, but yeah, it's good. Do you think you see yourself doing it like long term? Yeah, I actually think I could. Um, yeah, I actually think I could. I do really enjoy it. I think I'd go more like contracting because mm-hmm. at the moment I work like I'm a contractor, but I work, I'm at a bank for two years. Mm. But I think I'd want to do more contracting because I really like to travel. Mm. I really really like to travel so I feel like contracting would be good for me because I have I'll be able to do both kind mm-hmm. of thing like have like a period of like six month contract for example when I'm working make all the money because contractors get paid more make the money go on holiday come back work again kind of thing or like remote and stuff so I do really enjoy that it it's good. Yeah, it's good you know what I'm talking about yeah. <laughs> I have another question to ask you yes. so I feel like with men's mental health mm. when I speak to black men mm. slash boys they're very against it because I remember like speaking to like um, an ex of mine. I was like, "Why didn't you just get therapy?" He was like, "Why well, go to against therapy?" Yeah, mm-hmm. like why well, that's not even my business. That's like, I'm a man. That like, blah 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 blah. Why do you think that perception is it for all? Do you think it's all men that are like that on all spectrums? Like, depending yeah, on I think them? most men. I think most men in general they're, they're gauged differently. So you already talked about how you were already geared in the kitchen, right? Yeah. And you're kind of geared to be motherly. And let's be really real, you know. Our parents, especially if they did come from single parent house, and we raised our mums, but some of our mums did not raise our, our brothers well. Mm. I, I agree. Let's I think, think we've got to keep it really. I think there's so many useless, respectfully, not yeah, respectfully. There's so many boys that just haven't got. They've just babied them way too much. Before I answer this question, yeah, f- think about this, yeah. All the Yoruba demons, yeah, <laughs> their mothers will be there saying, "My God, my son is a doctor. He's amazing." Thinking, but that guy's run through big out. The red mothers will talk about their sons, they're thinking that same son. Even my mum will call my brother my son. Hey. My son, my good boy. Mm, good for you, mum. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what your brother, what your son is doing. So the, 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 that, that's that's it. You know, lack of lack of fatherhood um and lack of understanding what it means to be a man and just re- recognizing that therapy simply is somebody ho- holding up a mirror and allowing you to become more self-reflective. Reality, majority of people are not, we're not self-aware. Mm-hmm. We don't know ourselves. You can only know yourself when someone tells you things that you can't see. Mm-hmm. We've all got blind spots, right? And then a lot of men are geared because of their ego to not want to take feedback. They're not very good with authorities. Um, and a lot of us, that's really what it comes down to. It. And that's just across a man spectrum. So maybe in the black community, you know, it sounds bad, but they've got a mother. So in their mind, they don't want this chat. Because obviously there are male therapists, but a lot of the time you think female therapists, right? And you think white therapists. So they're thinking, why am I going to chat to a white therapist or white female therapist? Like, and they also feel that they've got sisters. They've, they feel that they've got enough women around to chat their issues. Well, even their boys, I think they love their boys so much. Mm. Like, 
Because a lot of black guys, so I think there's, there's different prisms because there are some, a lot of black men now are recognizing that I think a lot of black, a lot of men and a lot of black men, once they clock some of these so called friends are not really their friends, then they will realize that, right, I ain't got many people to talk to you because a lot of them aren't chatting, they're not chatting anything deep. They just say, like, yeah. you know, you, PlayStation, football, yeah. da, 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 da. but when life is really hitting people, they then come to realize, I need someone to talk to you. Like, I can't deal with this thing that I'm dealing with. It's, it's not great. Mm. And if they've got sisters or, or girlfriend, they go from back, I ain't your therapist, mate. I'm different. I, I'm like a fixer. I want to, I'll try to hear. Apparently, I've been told that. Then a bit of an enabler, then. I don't yeah, mean uh, it in a bad way. No, no, no. It's not. I've, 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 I've recognized that about myself. Like, even like, I feel like, as, I don't know if it's me personally, but I feel like I kind of like. I'm not talking to boys to of issues, but like it's giving me something to do a bit of like toxic, toxicity. How do you say the word? Toxicity. Toxicity. Like I feel like it's really bad. I've recognized that now because there's somebody I'm, I've been speaking to and he's just so normal and just well put together. And I'm just like, oh, so you've never had a fight at school. You've never like, been stabbed <laughs> or you've never. It's boring. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? It's I mean? boring. It just like no little issues. things, no issues. And it's just like, I don't know why that is. Why I wanted to be like, the fixer and the one to like, I don't know. It's really. You get that way. You're in the kitchen. Kitchen's what, what? Kitchen. Because we think just about it, about just cooking. But when I personally, the idea of cooking, a lot of it is about soothing, right? Food soothes. So you've got that natural gear to like want to. When people are hungry, they're like tired, they're lacking something. You give them food, everyone gets happy. There's something about you that likes it. You like to. Like you want someone with lack, but you want someone that has an issue that you can like. I'm helped, helped you. When someone hasn't got that, you're like, wow, like, where's my place then? Where am I going to slot yeah. myself and support? You're just there, good. So, really, then, then if, but also what it does is that it means that you got to reflect. So, you got to reflect on yourself and go, like, yeah. wow, I've got some issues then. Because I think right? yeah. because when you're focused on someone else, you have to focus on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. That's really I'm in therapy. It's like, no, I don't know, honestly, honestly. <laughs> they can pay me later. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually so true. Because I think, yeah, I saw a tweet. I can't remember how, what the tweet was, but it was something like, you guys that like to, um, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember the Above tweet. Above the builder? Yeah, like Above the builder, like to fix people. Like, yeah. it's because you seek value from what you can do for others. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. You want to be needed. Yeah. Yes. And it's not a good... I place my value in being needed and that's not what it should be. But I don't know how to undo it, but I'm going to pray. Yeah. Well, one of the ways to undo it is to confront yourself. What is it you're truly running from? When you want to feel needed, it's because if you're not feeling needed, you might feel what rejected, you might feel alone, you might feel abandoned. So you've got to confront what that true fear is. What is the fear that's behind the, the desire to feel needed? I feel like maybe not wanting to feel rejected, like wanting to feel loved, and I don't know. I don't. Yeah, probably. And it goes back to probably childhood when you didn't call. Maybe think about the last time you ever said no. Did you ever say no? What would have happened if you said no? I'm not gonna cook. Was it like a big deal? Like, oh, you're this. What kind of what? What child are you? Those are the things that even though you're thinking, oh, but that was when I was young. Those are the things that remain in us. So when you are in a situation where you're chatting to a guy, it's nothing to do with food. This one completely different, but the same elements I are there, yeah. right? If a person doesn't feel that they need you, your your question is, where's my place in their life? Mm. Will they get rid of me? Because that's what I th yeah yeah. Because I even I think growing up, so me and my mom growing up, I remember like I'm being very personal about this, but my dad and my mom when I was younger, my dad had an affair, and obviously that's how one of my half brothers was made. And I remember experiencing things that happened as it literally really young of mm. like my mom's my my half my brother I call him my brother my brother's own mom coming to our house mm. and just 
chaos and conflict. Mm. And I think I was exposed to that. And I remember my mum saying that there was one time she was crying and I was like singing to her and mm. saying, oh, mum's going to be okay. And I feel like it probably came from needing, feeling the need to like comfort her. Comfort her. And then when I had siblings, like, I just feel like, and that's why I got sent to Nigeria because my mum was like, I was like, mum, why did you make me go to Nigeria when I was younger for two years? I was five and I came back when I was seven. And she was like, because obviously so much was going into the house and um, she didn't want me to be exposed to that. Mm. But then going to Nigeria, I feel like she literally just let, I thought she took me there. The next day I woke up, she wasn't there. And that mm. really messed with my head. So I feel mm. like maybe I was traumatized, but I don't take it as trauma because I'm just like, oh, it hasn't, it's not like I, I've had it as bad as other people who've been really like, Gone through like gone through abused mm. really bad or so yeah maybe that's what it stems from and then it's just gotten mm. worse that's not a great example because one of the things that i say to people is that trauma simply is an uh, emotional response to a terrible event right and that's a subjective thing we know there's the big tease the rape the, all of these stuff yeah, that's what, yeah but your experience even though your mom did it for love you would understand that at five years old all you knew is one day you're with your mom one day or not that feels like abandonment mm. that feels intolerable that's excruciating mm. as a child at five years old you don't have the adult world to say my mom did this to protect me mm. all you know is you were left behind now as an adult you can appreciate that but that feeling that you felt as a child doesn't go away mm. and what happens then is you don't make a decision and it affects your attachment is that i'm never going to feel like that again i'm never going to feel abandoned again and then the relationships that you make even with friends all your relationships will be sent around and I can never feel that abandonment again. Even though your adult brain knows my mom didn't abandon me, she wanted to protect me. Your child doesn't, the child you doesn't understand that. Mm -hmm. All they understand is that I was left. The one person that was meant to be there for me wasn't there. Yeah. I never want to feel that again. So yes, you will naturally attract guys with probably more issues because having more issues secures your place in their life. Mm -hmm. it makes you, if you know you helped all of them, you know, they can never get rid of me. If they get rid of it, it's really I get rid of them first they, before they get rid of me. Mm. And when you meet a person who basically is more whole, more healthy, it then makes you realise that crap. What, basically you're questioning your value because you've attached your value to the, like you said, you want to be needed. So you've got to confront, and that's what you can do on your own. This is what people do in therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes back to the question with men. You have to confront the fear. And that takes time. When you confront that fear, it begins to unravel the power and the hold it has on you. So what it does is that now when you meet men and when you meet friends, it doesn't mean you don't have that pull, mm -hmm. but you're able to choose different alternative routes. That's what therapy does. Therapy mm -hmm. doesn't stop you from making decisions. It gives you the option to say, actually, I normally choose guys with all of these toxic traits that I attract because I want to feel needed, but I know I don't have to now. Mm. Whereas before, you just went there, you just went there, just this unconscious need and desire. So, you know when, like, for example, so I've been in like, a relationship before where, like, I was definitely being disrespected even though I've spoken to, like, I was true, but I still would go back and, like, I'd always reason, oh, make excuses for them and, like, keep going back. Even though, deep down, like, if it was an outsider kid and my friends were told me that, I'd be like, girl, like, you're so dumb. Why are you being with him? Like, respect yourself. He doesn't, I'll be so, I want to have the biggest mouth to be shouted at, like, you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> what is me? I'm just yeah. scratching my head. Like, so, like, why is that, like, what do you think it is that, like, as women, like, mm. go, that keep going back to someone that's not really, if you have your boundaries, they're, they're stepping your boundaries. Like, why do you think women do that? Um, because you don't have boundaries for yourself. You mm. The typical thing, you don't know what love is. Sometimes it's not just because you don't know what love is. It's because the semblance of love, even if it's not real, feels better than nothing mm. in the first place. It's the fear. It's the fear of what it means. People don't want to be alone. People, you may not feel like you can get something better. Uh, there's so many different reasons. So it has to be about your unique circumstances. So from the little bit that I, I've got from you, 
you know, it could be that you, didn't, you don't feel good enough. So you feel like this one person likes me better as well. I don't know if I can get anything better. Mm. Right? And then you're holding on to that. And I don't look at you. And so, where somebody else, one could be maybe they just didn't have, they don't know what lovers, everyone's got their different reasons, yeah. but it'll always go back down to what the question is, is why are you accepting that? And then if you really ask yourself that question, it's because part of you thinks you deserve that. Probably no, no guy can ever chat to me like that. But really and truly, if you're allowing a guy to chat to you like that, right? You're not even married, you're not even, this is just a boyfriend, yeah? It's because part of you feels that you deserve that. But why would I feel like I deserve that? That's what I'm asking you, like, you know. <laughs> I don't, do you know what I mean? Why like, you feel like, why would I say that again? I said, why would I feel like I deserve that, though, even though I know that's not... Maybe it's just, like... Subconscious thing. Yeah, maybe it's, like, a self... I think it's a self-worth thing. Mm-hmm. It's to do with your self-worth. Yeah. It could be to do with, you know, how you feel within yourself. Mm. Again, the idea of feeling needy. Yeah. You know, there's a part of it that oh, I can change. I can help him. You know, you know, I can change him. Um, But, yeah, and also your attachment. Yeah. So your, Maybe it's attachment atta- issues. Your attachment. So sometimes you attach yeah. if that's you can attach to the wrong person and know this person's not good for you, but that, that attachment is so hard to unfasten yeah. because of your attachment. When you now connect with somebody, you can even like if you really think about it, I'm not saying that you would allow it with your friends, but you might look in even in your friendship circles, right? If you what people don't think about is that if you like if you have toxic relationships you probably have toxic all relationships are toxic it's not mm. just romantic mm. and it's just that you're looking at that because that's usually the most extreme but if you look at some of your friends you might think wow that friend's never been there for me now but why am I still friends with her I'll be there for her birthday I'm supporting her I do this I do that but when I need her ah oh, sorry I'm not there they pick up my phone you start to realise that right I really attach to people who don't really 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 give a damn but I'm probably their mothers I'm probably doing all of the things for them because again it makes you feel needed mm. and every opposites attract so your attachment style attracts their attachment style so some people so for example um if you are with an unavailable man right emotionally unavailable right um una- unavailable men like women who like to that like to stick on them mm. so those that have this need to want to support somebody and pour into them will always attract unavailable men is that the opposites will attract mm-hmm. healthy attracts healthy any toxicity Level one, level one will attract. All the opposites will attract. So if you have that desire um, to be needed, in I don't want to be needed life, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be needed in the right way. Yeah, you want to be needed to affirm a man, yeah. to support a man, to bolster a man, and a man that then speaks life into you. Yeah, and then gives you good words of affirmation and validates you. Also, I don't know about your father, right? One of the things that women, fathers, are so important in women's lives is men teach women our value because it's a man that will say to you you are a beautiful woman your dad that's what dad would do yeah mine doesn't do and i think maybe because how i grew up see because i don't want to get that but sometimes like growing up i'm gonna cry but sometimes sorry it's okay yeah lay it out but sometimes i thought like because i've seen like how my dad treat my mom growing up maybe subconsciously like i'm doing the same thing so yeah I've never cried on here before. I don't know, you actually haven't. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, so I think that's what it is. Like, you can, yeah. you, you can, sounds sad. That's why therapy is important and just having solid friendships is sometimes we can only go as far as our parents. If we haven't seen yeah. truly what love is, how do we know? So if you've seen your father, someone that you love, disrespect someone else that you love yeah then you f- you think it's normal even though part of you know it's not normal but you just think it's normal yeah. because you think well, if my own dad can do it to my own mother well, basically 
if my dad can do this to my mother, who do I think I am to get anything better than that? Mm. But my dad's like, even though like whatever happened, he still loves my mum. And like she, like my mum, even though my mum complains, she'll still go back. He really does love my mum. Obviously, I feel like sometimes men, men. It's not, I don't know if it's an excuse or not, but I, do you know mm. what I mean? I don't know. He still loves my mum, and he he literally loves my mum. But like mm. maybe even the times I've seen disrespect or sub, and how hard my mum works and stuff, maybe that's I'm. And I always say. Like, I love my mum, but then sometimes like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have a relationship like that where she's like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just love her and stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, not that I'm a therapist, but I feel like also seeing that your dad actually does love your mum, but then what comes with that is also disrespect. He doesn't, he, no, he, he has, past, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not yeah, now, but in yeah. the past there's been disrespect, but you also know that he loves her at the same time. Yeah. I feel like, a lot of women, or and or also you, also see that as okay. Well, it's just part of the territory. Yeah. Yeah. Loving a man means disrespect. Mm. Loving someone and it's someone loving you. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. There's, There's no, no such thing as love yeah. with just full respect. There yeah. has to be an element, an element of that. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, even like my sister, she doesn't know that I know this. She doesn't listen to this. Sorry, I can say. Um, she was. I think my cousins were saying that they were a bit worried about like her boyfriend and stuff. And how like um, I think he must have said something to her. They were rude to each other. And then my, I think my cousin was like, "That's not cool." She's like, "But it's just relationships, isn't it? Like just little things like that." Mm. Like obviously, I want her to tell me. She doesn't watch this, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. So. that's what it is. And I think the thing is, is that you know, our parents, most of our parents didn't. Um, they became accidental parents, right? So some of our parents became parents when they were kids. When I say kids, I don't mean like 13, but maybe like in their early 20s. No, yeah, mom was 23 when she had me. So yeah, so even younger than you. Yeah. So then when she meets the, um, your dad and stuff, and they, they're younger as well, even if there's still a bit of an age gap, mm. unfortunately, our parents... It's not like now we're trying to put in so much work to be better for our kids. Our parents didn't do that. They just mm. had children. That's what you did. You just have kids. Mm. Whether you're a good person or a bad person, you're going to have a child. Mm-hmm. So when you have parents who are trying to love each other and learn... Children are watching that thinking that's the epitome of what love is, but that's mm. not really what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a semblance of love. And sometimes our parents have gotten it wrong. Mm. But we, those are our archetypes. So we can only go as far as archetypes. So then when you get into a relationship, again, who are you to think beyond your parents? So you're going to think, well, if my mum loves my dad, my dad loves my mum, they love us, they've been together, they've stayed together. Well, then that's just part of what it is, right? Um, but it isn't. But that doesn't mean that Love is going to come with struggle. It's a question of the struggle that you want. Mm-hmm. Do you want the struggle of disrespect or the struggle of this normal struggle of, you know, you might have a miscarriage, might, is my man going to be there? That is real struggle of life. The issue that we do, especially with the love and hip hop, is that we add all these other struggles that need to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Life is hard enough. Uh, a client of mine literally messaged me two days ago. I only responded today because I saw that I didn't know what to do. I had to just pray. Um, she gave birth to her baby who died in her, you know, um, had um, the heart be stopped. That is struggle enough. Does she need a man of disrespect for a man that's cheating on her? She's now have to face the fact that they've been trying for so long. They've got one child that's 10. 10 years have gone by and their child has now passed away. Mm. That is struggle enough. You don't need any other struggle, mm. right? People losing their job. People, people lost their job in COVID. That's struggle enough. Mm. So the added struggle that we add, the interpersonal struggle, struggle, is a lot to do with we've normalized trauma in our community that men just cheating on us left and right disrespect left and right all this different type of stuff left and right is part of the struggle no life is struggle enough life is going to make you struggle you don't need interpersonal skills to be part of the struggle mm-hmm. uh, your man your ex-partner disrespecting he would never dare to do that to his boss he would not mm-hmm. dare to do that to probably his siblings why is he doing it to you another man's child mm-hmm. someone comes out their house to be disrespectful why 
What, what, what does somebody gain from just insulting your life for that? Because mm. they would never do it to other people. Most abusers don't ab- don't abuse their work colleagues. That's why that's why when you find that someone's abuser, you're shocked because they were good. Oh my god, that's my colleague. He was such a good man because yeah. they 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 know how to switch. When they're at work, they're amazing. They're charming. They're wonderful. But back home, they're knocking their 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 partners out. Mm. Very few people are just bad in work, bad in you know. Okay, <laughs> this person's just terrible everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that means that that partner knew what he was doing. Yeah. He knew what he was doing because of his so-called trauma. We don't have it. This is now, this is where men and women have to take responsibility. You said about, about men don't go therapy. A lot of men don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to be accountable. I'm not talking about boys be accountable for that. They don't want to be accountable because you know what it means to really be accountable. You know what it means as a woman to be accountable. It. You're being accountable. Why am I going out with men like this? But a lot of women don't want to do that. I just like toxicity. I just like it. I like it. Ten years later, you're depressed, upset. You've got three children, no, um, two baby fathers. And then you're wondering why. Yeah, that's what toxicity does for you. Mm. It, it, toxicity never has a great outcome. It's the same way we say, going on the road never has a great outcome. Mm. Our road for a lot of women is going out with trashy men. It doesn't have a good outcome. But what it is, generations don't talk. Let's chat to those in their 40s. They should sit, sit us down, but we don't have that. We, and also, we're very stubborn when we're young. Let's, let's think about it. If a, mm-hmm. a four year old girl spoke to you when you were 19, you'd be like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. She's out. She's not speaking about Me and my man, Bonnie and Clyde. Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> but then 10 years later, we're like, bruh, that, that four year old was really telling me something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was really telling me no, something. Honestly. If we listened to each other more, we wouldn't have to make the same mistakes some of our, our aunties and thingies. It's not worth it. It's not worth going through heartbreak because what a lot of men and women don't tell you, as I said, the guys that you talked about, some of them haven't really lived life yet because chat to a lot of guys that sleep around a lot. They say that it, when they then settle down, it impacts how they view their wife. Same as women. Really? Yeah. In what sense though? Because when you're sleeping around, both men and women, and because the woman it catches up to women more just because of the way we're wired. My love will be like, oh, um, even with um. So I think the other day we went to my cousins, they're boys, and they were like, when a guy basically, when a, all boys say this, when a guy sleeps with girls, it's different because it's just like you can emotionally detach yourself from it, but for girls, it's so much worse. Like, yeah, because they're young. But chat to them to 10, 15 years older. They even say the guys will say, yeah, chat a lot. Got a lot of friends in their forties, and they say, look, I did them too. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, you felt good. But then now you're, they have to really, they, they have to work harder to be satisfied with their wife. Where it's just been easier. Not that they said wife's not doing anything wrong. It's just that they constantly have these comparisons they've got to think about. They've got to make sure they don't objectify their wife when they're watching porn and seeing all the... It, so there's a lot of work they have to unlearn that if they said, you know what, it would have been best I didn't have that many sexual partners, you know? Because at the end of the day, they are now dealing with the consequences of that when they're, when they're older. Just that, People don't talk enough. But when you begin to hear people, you realise that, rah, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. When you look at um, women, even Brittany Renner, Brittany, Brittany, you saw Brittany Renner? You know yeah, Brittany Renner? yeah. Right? If I bet you bad girls were looking up to her, now she's telling, telling girls, ah, ah, sorry, I'm wrong, or now I don't even know if I'm going to get a man because all men see is a girl that's being used up and washed up. But two, three years ago, everybody loved, yes, Brittany Renner, get your bag, get yeah. your bag. Mm-hmm. Look at um, Carisha, and um, what's his name? Diddy. Everyone's like, yes, Carisha. Then for December, she was crying out. Like, the reality is, yeah. is that people are lying. It's not all that's cracked up to be. Very few people can just sleep around and be okay. It always catches up to you. Very few people can go through one touch relationship, another relationship and say, I'm okay. You end up getting to your 40 and becoming bitter and I can't be with any man. So it's sometimes the experience that we want to have when we are young, it's not even worth it. 
the most important thing I would say to young women and to young men is work on yourself. Really just work on yourself because mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of our peers that are older than us are are paying the consequences of what they did in their twenties. They're reaping the consequences of their twenties. They're reaping it, and I'm finding that a lot of some of our peers that are a bit older than that have kids that maybe are maybe at like your sister's age are having the same issues our parents had. The cycle is continuing. Mm. Their children are disrespecting them. They don't even know what to do. They're not understanding. It's like, but, but, but I'm sure you did that to your own parent. We were, we we're going through that same cycle. So I think the issue is that we look at within our age group and purview. But if we had more intergenerational conversations, we'll begin to see that cycles are continuing. And how do we stop these cycles from continuing? So going back to your question about men not seeking therapy, the reality is, is that um, a lot of those men will not, or let's say call them boys, right? A lot of those boys won't grow up into men if they don't seek support and help. And again, if you have a therapy or not, but if they don't get into the right circle that makes them think and be accountable, mm-hmm. they're not going to be successful. There's no way you can be successful if you're not able to see beyond yourself. Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of men think that they're boys. No, a lot of boys think that they're men. Yeah, That's it. 100%. But there's a lot of grown mature aged people that are not they're still boys yeah some 30 year old boys some 40 year old boys and I thought because even like the guy I dated the most like yeah my ex-boyfriend he was 30 so I thought oh okay five years between us like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter matter, like was he the one that was disrespectful um god I've had two relationships in total he wasn't disrespectful I felt like he just devalued how I felt a lot and he was he could he wasn't a disrespectful person but my first boyfriend that I had from like when I was 17, on and off to like, literally 25, I'm 25 now. He was so disrespectful, oh my God. I still would go back like an idiot. But yeah, you live and you learn, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, my therapy session now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like, it's really interesting because I feel like um, we, we, always, we always say, oh, men should talk more, men should talk more. But I genuinely feel like, you know, wrongly so, I think we've had these conversations where you see a man crying, like, oh my God, why is he crying? Oh my God, what's wrong with you? Do you know what it is? It's... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. But I don't mind the guy crying in front of me, but I just feel like I'm like, you being serious. Like, no, I would just don't want to let it. Like, yeah, because men don't. Yeah, because they don't. They're not. Then we're not used to them showing emotion. emotion. But I feel like, and we have these conversations. They're like, I'm, like I think we were talking about it earlier. Like, um, how was it? Eighty percent of women go for twenty percent of men, and stuff like that. And we always like attain to like like. Even from the conversation we were having your, with your cousins, from reflection, it's like we always attain to these twenty percent of men, like six figure salaries, like all of these things. But there's actually a lot of decent men that aren't in that twenty percent that you'll probably a Be lot of the time with. have a happier, yeah. like a happier life with, rather 100%. than those twenty percent that we're so you know. Yeah. But like, yeah. as women, maybe we're looking at the wrong thing. We are. I feel. I feel like we are. Like I genuinely think. Like, even me to say, obviously, I think finances are really important, but like, I should, I don't feel like I should place so much emphasis on. Yeah. I think it's more important to have someone who's emotionally intelligent, emotionally aware, and is in touch with their emotions. I think it comes from a man that can give. Having a man that makes money, right? Once someone says something, you could have a poor man who's generous and a rich man who's stingy. A man that thinks of you first is what you want. Whether he's got £10 or £100, he'll always give that to you. Mm. But a man that's just making a lot of money, um, and? 
Mm. Yeah, and, and that was important because they were thinking of, you know, maybe at the last time we won or thinking about when we have children and stuff like that, right? Unfortunately, not all, but a lot of men that cross the six-figure mark have a certain attitude and mindset that we don't really want to live with. When I was dating, I was like, oh, no, I, want, I wanted... Um, this is all before, we were talking about Red Bull before. Yeah. It's all before all this, Kevin Samuel, all these came away. I, re- I realised I don't want to be with a guy making a lot of money. I want to grow with a guy. Because I dated a couple of guys that were making a lot of money and they never had time for me. They were always really, really busy. I'm not really a gift person, so you can give me a little bit of time, like whatever. But it'll be like, they'll just give you things because they, they will do that to overcompensate. They're not being there with you. And then one guy even said to me, like, I was dating one guy. He just spoke. I don't think he knew nothing about me. He just spoke, 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 spoke. And he even said to me, like, I've got house. I said, don't you want to know? I mean, you know, he said, I don't really care. I said, really? He said, yeah, I don't really care. You're, you are um, an accessory to me. Yeah, and then now you're hearing all this language. I'm like, oh, yeah. Not all men, but a lot of men that in that. And I get it. When a man has built all of these things, he's like, but really, what are you adding? Mm. You're then just a watch. You see what I mean? What it's are like you a adding trophy. to that? Like, yeah, you're just then a trophy. So when women go for that, you've got to know what it comes with. If you're okay to be a trophy, if you're okay for him to be, made, at times, be dissatisfied with you and want to go and, let's say, options, you've got to be okay with that. Mm. Now, not all men are like that, but a lot of men that build that's how they will look at the woman that will come into their life because what are you now doing so you have to also balance the fact with wanting to build with a man so the whole idea of potential the idea is about resourcefulness a lot of women can't determine a man that's resourceful that's why a lot of women have gone with men that are still bums <laughs> because you're not seeing that they're resourceful if a man is resourceful whether he's a um, truck driver or a bin thing if he's resourceful that's what's most important rather than the idea that he has to be making six figures because sometimes the mentality that the man comes with, I don't know if you people want that baggage. If you're happy with that baggage, then then by all means, but majority of women are not because even the same woman that married all these rappers, all these things, end up divorcing them. But you knew what you were getting into, but then you divorced them because the reality of it, after 10 years of just constantly being cheated on, it gets to somebody after a while. Yeah. And I think we, as women, we're not as also emotionally intelligent as we think we are because we talk more about our emotions doesn't mean we're more emotional intelligence. Yeah, yeah, we had someone on the podcast that said that before. Yeah, I think, yeah, because I think, oh, I express myself, like, if I'm upset, I know how to talk. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I'm emotionally intelligent. Yeah. So, yeah. Because by the by, question, same thing, is the same way you see men are this, men are that. Women are making the same mistakes, going out with the same trashy men. Doesn't make us, that makes us, that shows us we're not emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Because we're emotionally intelligent, we wouldn't be allowing some of these men access, but we do. Mm. Mm. On that note, we have to come to it. Oh, it was really good. I loved I'm it. I'm so like refreshed. I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna step out of this door and take on the world. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm all really fresh. Um, I want to really ask you, so how did you find out about us? Um, I saw some of your posts on Instagram. Oh, really? And my team, yeah, yeah. So my team reached out. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that you were connected to the thing. I just saw some of your posts on Instagram. So I'm like, yes. Thank you so much. How did you find coming on? Did you enjoy it? I love the conversations. And I love talking to Gen Z's um, that have such a good head on their shoulders. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It was amazing talking to you too. Yeah, it was really good. It was very, very insightful. And yeah, I just feel like I have a lot to think about. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> um, but let people know where they can find you. Oh, um, you guys can find me, Ngozi Cadmus, everywhere. So N-G-O-Z-I-C-A-D-M-U-S. Um, just find me on Instagram. And yeah, um, 
yeah, connect with me on there and follow me on YouTube and stuff. I'm going to do a lot more content on YouTube in terms of really breaking down what's happening in the world from like a therapeutic perspective. So yeah, keep in touch. Amazing. And do you want to do our social media? I can't remember it. Okay. I mean, I do know it. <laughs> but is it, wait, it's Go Instagram, on. two cents podcast underscore. Yeah. And Twitter is two cents pod underscore. That's yes. <laughs> and TikTok, two cents podcast. Yes. Yeah, I think it's just two cents podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. two cents podcast on TikTok. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts, like, comment, subscribe, all of that good stuff. And we're out. Bye. Bye.